We're in a series called Praying Through the Holidays, and um, we've been talking about about prayer. Roger and Chris have done a great job over the last couple weeks just talking about the different things about prayer, and uh, and, um, I just hope that everybody is being encouraged and motivated and stirred to be people of prayer. How many people know we really need to pray during the holidays? Amen? We need to pray. So there's a lot of things we could pray about, but this morning I want to start by talking about 10 things we don't need to pray about. 10 things we don't need to pray about. Now, I can hear some of you thinking right now, oh, there's heresy in the house. You know, Pastor Sam's finally lost it. And uh, let let me let you on a little secret here. You know, there were things that Jesus did not pray about, okay? There really were. One of the things Jesus didn't pray about is he never prayed about provision, he, he, did, he didn't pray for provision. As a matter of fact, he encouraged us in Matthew 6, or in Matthew 6, verse 25. He says, therefore, I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you're going to put on. Don't worry about your food, your drink, your clothing. He said, you know what? You're gonna, is not your life more than food and your body more than the clothing? He said, you don't have to worry about those things because your father cares for you, and he's going to take care of you, and he's going to make sure you've got everything that you need. Amen? Amen. I mean, I'm sure that there were times when our kids growing up didn't get everything they wanted, but I don't think they ever spent the night, you know, sitting in bed going, oh, I wonder what we're going to have. I wonder where our food's going to come from. I wonder where our clothes are going to come from. You know, they knew that there was a grandma and a grandpa that were going to provide that. (laughs) And uh, so uh, that's, uh, that's now our role in life, right? So, uh, but God provides for us. He takes care of us. He's a God who loves us. And so Jesus says, you don't have to worry about those things. Another thing Jesus said, did not pray about was he didn't pray about tomorrow. He, he didn't put all of his thoughts about what's going to happen tomorrow and what's going to go on tomorrow. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 6 from the message version, I like this. It says, if God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers most of which are never seen, don't you think he'll attend to you? Don't you think he's going to attend to you, that he's going to take pride in you and do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you both know God and how he works So steep your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. And I love this, what he says here. He says, give your entire attention to what God's doing right now. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the times come. You know, the regular versions that we read says, seek first the kingdom of God. Let's let's seek the Lord today. Let's enjoy the presence of the Lord today. Let's not put all of our focus on what's going to happen tomorrow or what's going to happen the next few days or what's going to happen at Christmas or let's take, let's enjoy, let's receive from God what he has for us today. Amen? How many people need to do a little better of focusing on today and not just worrying about all the stuff to come? Anybody? Just me. Pray for me, church, okay? So, all right. You know, another thing that Jesus did not pray for, he didn't pray for the sick. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He healed the sick. Yeah, he healed the sick, but you know what he did? 
He spoke to the sickness and told it to go. He spoke to the diseases and told them to go. He spoke to people to rise up in faith and in their faith overcome everything that would overcome, try to overcome them. I just think we need to be people with a little more faith. Amen? Man, it's one thing to pray for people and people get sick and people go through things. But can I tell you this? That God... Okay, God gives us the authority and power to walk in his strength. Now, obviously, obviously, according to the Bible, we, okay, we as his people are supposed to pray for each other. The Bible says pray one for another, pray that you can be healed, pray that your bodies will be well. And so that's what we're going to do. But Jesus didn't have to do that. So there's things Jesus didn't pray about. There's things we don't have to pray about. You ready? Got your notes there? Here we go. Number one, number one thing we do not have to pray about is we don't have to pray about loving God. We don't, we don't have to pray about it because it's a command. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus said this. He says, love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart and with all of the energy of your being and with every thought that is within you. For this is the great and the supreme commandment. How many people know that that, that we, you know, and there's been times in my life where I thought, God, I just, I, I want to love you more. I need help loving you more. Do you know that sometimes what's really going on is it's a matter of choice. Will I choose to give God my attention? Will I choose to give him first place in my life? Will I choose to put him in the forefront of, of everything in my life? Will I choose to put thoughts of God and how the goodness of God and, and the supremacy of God and the characteristics of God, will I put those above my feelings and my emotions and, and what's going on, the circumstances of my life? You see, I think that's what happens so often is the circumstances of our lives literally just try to get our eyes off of God to the pain and to the problem and to what's going on right here and now. And what God says is if you'll take your eyes off the problem, just keep your eyes on me, then you'll be able to obey this commandment. If you'll see God for who he is, then it'll be easy to love him. It'll be easy to love him. When we know who God is, I think the only realistic, the only rational response is to go, thank you, God, for your great love. Thank you for your love that manifests itself in Jesus coming and, and living and, and dying for me and forgiving my sins and, and healing our bodies and blessing us. Anybody here today is your testimony. I am blessed. I am blessed with good family. I'm blessed. Come on, man, I'm going to help you out here. I'm blessed with a great wife. I'm blessed with a great wife. I'm trying to help you out, all right? Chase, you need to be a little louder about that, buddy. I'm telling you. Woo, right? So. I'm blessed with great family. I'm blessed with great friends. I'm blessed with a great church. I'm blessed with a job. I'm blessed. Amen? Amen. So we don't have to pray about loving God. And the scripture that follows this says, and the second is like it in importance. You must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. Contained within these commandments, you'll find all of the meaning of the law and the prophets, loving God and loving people. So that's the second thing that we don't have to pray about. We don't have to pray about loving people. And I just heard somebody say right there, you don't know my family. You don't know the people I'm going to have to sit around the table with. You don't know Uncle Bob. You don't know Aunt Nora. You don't know. How many people got a crazy person in your family? You know, they say if you're not sure, you're probably it, right? So, but... Uh, well, it sounds like a simple statement just to say, hey, I, I love people. You know, I love people. I'm just going to love them from a distance. 
And, and how many of us, and even I've made this statement, I thought about it in my legalistic days when I was just um, pretending to have a knowledge of God but not having the heart of God. There were times when I would make statements like this and say, oh, I love people, I just don't like them. You know what, that, that's, that's not the heart of God, is it? You, you see, God loves us, and, and we could, you know, we can, we've got to get to the place where by the strength and by the, 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 the mind of Christ that dwells in us, be able to look at people and go, you know what, some of those actions and some of the things they do, and some of the, some of the ways they speak, and some of the ways they treat people, and some of the activities that they're involved in, whether it's some type, any ism, whether maybe there, there's, an, there's an, uh, an addiction in their life, or maybe there's some kind of a, a sexism, or racism, or one of the other isms that goes on in their life. And you know, we've got to be able to look at those things and say, hey, I don't like those things. I hate the sin, which has maybe trapped their life but I can still love them and I can still like them and I can still carry on a conversation with them and I'm going to be a bridge builder, not a wall builder. Amen? And we're going we're gonna to love people because God loves people and because God loves us. Amen? Amen. So the third thing goes on. The third thing that we don't have to pray about is forgiving. We don't have to pray about forgiving. Are you got this? You're writing these notes down? We don't have to pray about forgiving, and specifically, can I say this? We don't have to pray about forgiving ourselves or others. Many times in the scripture, we read it, you know, that we're to love others as we love ourselves, and I really do believe that there's a major issue that goes on in the lives of a lot of people, is that we remember so much about our past. We, we remember the times when we've blown it. We remember the times when we've failed. We remember the times when we've acted ugly. We remember the times when we've just made bad choices. Am I talking to anybody, anybody here ever made a bad choice? Some of you should have both hands up right about now. That's right, yeah. I had a Ph.D. in making bad choices, right? So, But can I tell you this, that God says that we can forgive Okay, even as we've been forgiven. Matthew chapter 6, verse 15 puts it like this. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. In Matthew 18, Jesus said this. He says, I say to you, don't just forgive somebody seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Well, I can do the math there. You mean I'm supposed to be forgiving somebody 490 times? You know what God's really saying here? Jesus is really saying to us is there needs to be a heart of forgiveness that lives and abides in us. A life that's so filled with the love of God that we can get up in the morning and say, no matter what anybody does to me today, I have already chosen to forgive them. I'm going to walk and I'm going to live in forgiveness. Why? Because God has already made so much forgiveness available to me. Are you thankful for the forgiveness of God? And let me just say this, that if the enemy continually comes to remind you about where you've blown it, where you've failed, where, you're, where you didn't meet, you know, where you missed the mark, can I say, let me just point, let me encourage you to point him to one thing. Point him to the cross and say, that's where Jesus took care of every one of my failures and every one of my sins. And his blood was so valuable, so powerful, that it has forgiven every one of my sins. And so I received that finished work of Jesus Christ into my life. I love this. 
Psalm 103 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed all of our transgressions from us. As far as the east is from the west, you know, he said, it's unfathomable, it's infinite that, that our, our sins are completely removed. In the book of Micah, the scripture says this, it says that he will have compassion on us because he delights in mercy, he will subdue all of our iniquities, and he will cast all of our, sea into the, all of our sins into the depths of the sea. He casts our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. You know, that's one of the things that we can do that God can't, is remember our sins. And so I believe that every time one of our past sins, something we've already gone to the Lord about, something that took place and, trans, uh, you know, that it went on in our life, a transgression of our life, a failure of our life, every time that fault comes up, it gives us a renewed opportunity to say, thank you, Jesus, I've been forgiven, I receive your forgiveness, I will walk in your love and your forgiveness in Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Anybody say, God, I want to be able to, I'm making a choice today to forgive myself and to forgive others just like Jesus does, right? Number four, how are we doing there? Everybody okay? Number four, here we go. We don't, we don't have to pray about reading and studying the Bible, okay? Oh, God, help me read your word. God, help. God's saying, I'm not going to help you. Man, look, you've got the word of God. God spoke to you. You've, all you've got to do is make a choice. The scripture says that this God, this word that he's given us, this Bible that we have, whether it's in person like this or on our phones or our tablets, however we, we read the word there, that says this in, in Timothy, it says that all scripture is God-breathed. It's God-breathed, and, and it's useful for teaching, for rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Why? So that the servant of God, do we have any servants of God here today? Okay, we have six servants of God. Do we have any servants of God here today? There we go. We, and so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I love that. You know what? God's not saying, oh, you got to read your Bible. What he's saying is, you get to read your Bible so that you can be thoroughly equipped, so that you can have everything you need to live the life that he's created you to live. So we're going to be people who read and study the Bible. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus goes on and says this. He says, blessed, rather, are those who hear the word of God and obey it. You're blessed for reading the Word of God. You're blessed for obeying the Word of God. In Psalm 119, verse 11, the, script, the writer says this. He says, I have stored your Word up in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, through the years, we've made the statements and said that there, there are really a number of things that you do with the Word of God. One, you read it, you study it, you memorize it, you love it, and you live it. Why? Because it brings blessing to our lives. Folks, when we stand up here and say, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, we're not talking about some legalistic religious obligation. We're talking about an opportunity that can bring life and blessing to your life. We're talking about something that can transform you, that can keep you from sin, that can keep you from fault and failure, that can lead you on a pathway of life and blessing and success. That's what God wants for you. That's what I want to see happen in your life as well. Amen? So study. Do what Timothy says. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, who knows how to rightly handle the Word of God. 
Uh, this is a little aside, not in the notes, but it says that but one of the times the Apostle Paul came to a church and he said, listen, church, by now you should be teachers of the word. By now you should be able to open the word of God and instruct people and counsel people and, and give people direction in their lives, but you're still immature. You still need to receive the milk of the word. I'm telling you, God's raising up a people to be mighty and powerful in the word of God because there is a world that needs the hope and needs the help and needs the counsel and direction that he wants to impart into your life and my life. Amen? Amen. All right, number six. You ready? Something we don't have to pray about. How, how many people say, I'm excited. They haven't got it up there yet. How many people are anxious? I can't wait to get number six. Uh, uh, number five. I'm sorry, number five. Number five. Look, I was trying to skip number five. I was afraid. So uh, number five, things you don't have to pray about. You don't have to pray about giving, tithing, and living generously. Amen? It really is. It's not about we don't have to pray about it because God says do it. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul talking to the Corinthian church, he says, listen, you do well and excel in every aspect of life. You have an unstoppable faith. You're powerful in preaching, in revelation knowledge. You're passionate in your devotion. You share the love that we have shown to you with others. He says, so make sure that you also excel in this grace-filled generosity. God says, hey, listen, sometimes I'm telling you, when you give, when you're faithful and you're tithing and you're giving, like the holiday ministry offering, it's, it's not because we want something from you. It's because we want something for you. We want the blessing. I, I said this on a little video. Parents, if I was you, I would have every one of my children give something. I don't care if it's a dime or a dollar. Give something into the holiday ministries offering this year just so they can be connected with the miracles that God's working on a daily basis. Amen? I mean, I really, really would. I, 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 I just encourage you to do that. So we don't have to pray about it. And we don't have to pray about how we're to give. Second Corinthians chapter 9 tells us that we are to give generously, cheerfully, and from a willing heart. That scripture really means that we are to give hilariously, okay? I know you laugh a lot of times when we talk about giving. That's not how it's supposed to work. You're supposed to laugh when you give. Oh, thank you, God. Woo, you've provided so much that I get to give in abundance. I get to give in abundance. Amen? We're all on the, good, all on the same page. Everybody doing good? All right, here we go. Let's, um, let's move on. Number six. Now, number six is an easy one. It's called being thankful. And because we um, just came through the Thanksgiving season, we talked some about Thanksgiving, I thought I would recruit some help to show us um, how we need to be thankful. Thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Psalms 107 says, let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Thessalonians, we all know the scripture, in everything, give thanks Folks, we have got so, so very much to be thankful for. Amen? Let's be a people who always give thanks to the Lord. All right? Number seven. Number seven. Something we don't have to pray about is sharing our faith. Sharing our faith is being witnesses. Mark chapter 16 said that Jesus, in some of his last words, said, Go into all of the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And folks, I know I mentioned it earlier, but I've got to tell you that 
And when I think about December 7th, I know Pearl Harbor and other things that have gone on. When I realized that on December 7th, somebody lived this verse out, and they told me, Danny Tice told me about the fact that Jesus loved me. And it, it was new to me. I mean, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't know about those things. But he just, he just shared my, about how his dad had become a preacher and become a pastor and how that he had got saved and Jesus had taken away taken away his sins, and, and, and man, I just was drawn by the goodness of God and the love of God, and can I tell you, listen, look at me, let me see your eyes this morning, I'm telling you, people are need to hear, people are waiting to hear your story, people in your school, and people at work, and people in your neighborhood, and, and people in the grocery store, and, and, and when they're grumpy, and when they're grouchy, you know what they're doing? They're holding up a sign that says, please tell me, tell me a different way to live. And you, you are their answer. God says, we don't have to pray about this. We have to make a choice and just do it. Just do it. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, But in your hearts, honor Christ as the Lord. The Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you. And do it with, and he says, and yet do it with gentleness and respect. We don't have to, listen, when you're offering somebody the bread of life, you don't have to shove it down their throats, amen? You just let the aroma, I don't know about you, you just let the aroma, I was standing uh, at the wedding last night, we were at a wedding and they were having a breakfast bar, and I was standing beside the biscuits and gravy. Come on now, does anybody know what I'm talking about? I've never met a biscuit or gravy I don't like. I'm telling you, you know, right? Come on. I'm just saying, hey, you don't have to force it on people. Just share it. Just share it. Amen? So we don't have to pray about that. Number eight goes right along with that. We don't have to pray about making disciples. Matthew 8, 28, and Jesus came and he spoke to them and he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He's saying, listen, God's given me all authority and now I'm giving you the authority. Now you have the ability not just to go and preach, not just to go and share, but you have the ability to get connected to somebody's life and to help them become not just believers in Jesus, but followers of Jesus. Anybody know there's a difference? Amen? There's a big difference. Even the demons believe, but they don't follow, right? So we want to be followers. We want to be those who are closely connected to Jesus so we can help other people. We want to be disciples who make disciple makers. Amen? Amen. And number nine, here we go, number nine, serving. We don't have to pray about serving because it's something that we don't have to do. It's something we, thank you, it's something we get to do. Saved people, serve people, amen. Romans chapter 12 says, work hard and do not be lazy. Serve the Lord with a full heart of devotion. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I love this. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says, Throw yourselves into the work of serving the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or a waste of effort. Let, let, let me reiterate this. I believe that every act of service, every act of service for the Lord is eternal. 
everything. Time is a, you know, we, we know how God is infinite. He's not bound by time. That means that yesterday, today, and forever, God will be seeing that act of service that you did. And, and throughout the holidays, how many people know there's great opportunities to do wonderful acts of service? Just be kind to somebody. Just be, uh, Yvette and I <laughs> yesterday had a little discussion. I mean, it was a little nasty outside, a little rainy outside. And so when we are, well, we're coming back into town, we had to stop someplace and we were pulling into a parking lot. And, uh, and there was a car that was backing out. And uh, Yvette said, oh, good, a parking spot up really close. Well, for those of you that have been around for a few years, you know that's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, you know. I can see Jesus driving through the parking lot now going, oh, I need to get the closest parking spot. I want to, I want to beat out the old lady with the cane, you know. <laughs> I want the best for me. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I was like, hey, wait a minute. I'm not sure that's our focus. There's opportunities that we get to serve people, to give to people, to show people. You know, some people are only going to know how much God values them by how they see how much you value them. Amen. So let's, uh, let's, let's be people who serve. Let's be people that it's not just what we do, it's who we are. Amen? Amen. And the scripture says this, we know that we prosper in ex- and excel in every season by serving the Lord. So when we serve, as Colossians says, it says, do it heartily to the Lord, knowing that from the Lord you receive every reward, reward that you get. Number 10, we ready? Number 10, here we go. We don't have to pray about worship and prayer, okay? Worship the Lord, that God gives us the opportunity to worship Him. Psalm 95 says this, it says, come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the, uh, before the Lord, our Maker. Can, can I say this? Folks, if worshiping the Lord, the only time that you worship the Lord is on Sunday when we come together, you're missing some marvelous, marvelous times with God. I pray that, that, that worship is not just something we do corporately, but it's something that's a part of every one of our individual lives. Just take some time. Just take some time to, to bow down or to kneel or to sit down with your cup of coffee and just begin to reflect on who God is, on all that he's done, on his amazing character, and all that he's promised for us. It will change your life. It'll change your life. During this season, we know that when we think about the Christmas season, that it was a season that was absolutely filled, filled with worship. It was filled with the angels worshipped, right? They came and worshipped, and, and the shepherds worshipped, and the wise men worshipped, and the cows, and the everybody worshipped, right? It's filled with worship. So let's be people who join in and give glory to God in the highest that there will be peace on earth to all those who know him. Amen? Amen. So I love this. I love this. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord with a full heart. And as we worship the Lord, then we will pray. We will be people who pray continually. Has anybody ever had that, had a private time with the Lord? I, I try to practice this on a regular basis. I call it biblical meditation. Just get still before the Lord and get in my chair and just kind of zone everything else out and just fill, you know, Western or Eastern meditation is filling your mind with nothing. Biblical meditation is filling your mind with God. And just begin to think, God, you're, what is it like to be eternal? 
God, what's it like to be all-knowing and all-powerful? And what's it like to be everywhere? And, and all of a sudden, you just start filling your heart. God, what's it like to be love and, and, and to have your kindnesses renewed every day? You start more with more kindness and more mercy and more grace to people. And I can, I've got to tell you that before long, man, there just springs up a desire in my heart to say, Oh, God. I just want to have a conversation with you. I want, to, I want to talk to you and tell you some things about my heart, but I also want to receive from you. And that's what prayer is about, isn't it? Prayer is about having a conversation with God. So, so with these 10 things, everybody got all those 10 things we don't have to pray about? Well, if one of the things we get to do is pray, then let me wrap up with just three things that we can pray as we go through the holidays. And I, I really want to, um, I hope that you won't kind of just take these as the wrap-up of the service, but you'll take these really deeply to heart because I, I believe that there's something of the Lord on this word. When we say this, one of the first things I believe that we can, that we can do, we can pray uh, for, is we can pray for and we can pray with our family. We can pray for and we can pray with our family. Let me say, I know that every one of our families here is not um, may not be Christian families. They may be you may um, have families like mine. They were just, uh, you know, the the word. If you look up the word heathen in the dictionary, their picture was there. So, um, but you know, I'm just saying that that you know what. But can I tell you this? People's hearts, I think, are open so that when we gather together, we can just say, hey, can we just let's just have a, a, just a moment of prayer. And you never know when you just thank God for your friends and thank God for your family and thank God for his goodness and thank God for his provision. And can I say, when you treat people with honor, even honoring them in prayer, I believe God, the Holy Spirit, does something about stirring and changing and, 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 and dealing with their hearts. So let's be a people who pray for our families. Let's pray that, that maybe even if we don't get to show them the love of God in a special way, that God would send someone of influence. Listen, I'm telling you, if you've got a lost loved one today, if you've got a, a, a friend, a family member, somebody that you care about deeply that's not walking in the place with God where, where they, they need to walk, can I say, if you can't speak to them, I did this for years with my family, pray that God would send somebody of influence into their life. Send somebody, man, have a friend of theirs that just got saved, and man, they're on fire for Jesus, and man, let them just run into them by chance. Hallelujah. How many people know there are a lot more by chance things? when we pray about them. Amen? Yeah, and that person can just say, hey, I, can't, I haven't seen you in a long time. Let me tell you what's happened in my life. Let me tell you how I got saved and how I got forgiven for my sins and how God is changing me. Man, I'm telling you, God will honor that. So pray for and pray with your family. And then the second thing I want us to pray, I want every single person to pray this. So um, if you're taking notes, write this down, okay? If you're not taking notes, just write it down. All right? But, but this is something I want every single person here to pray, is to pray for divine appointments. Pray for divine appointments. You are somebody's divine appointment. You, you are somebody's divine appointment. And, and pray that God will, will, will help you to be ready, that, that you might run into that person in the grocery store. Listen. Somebody here is praying for God to send some person of influence into another person's life. You might be the person of influence God is sending into somebody's life. Amen? So, so, so don't miss that. Be faithful of, in being what you want 
God to be faithful in providing others to be. Amen? So, so be faithful. And, and look for those opportunities. Ask God, God today, whether it's in my home or on my job. We mentioned it earlier. This is a season that's filled with pain and with stress and, and with difficulties. It's a season that's, that people, I think, sometimes open up a little bit more. Oh, man, if I have to buy one more present, right? If I have to go to one more party, right? If I have to do... And all of a sudden, hey, man, I know what it's like to be stressed out, but... I can remember being in your position. I can remember what it was like just to feel bogged down. But, man, now that the Lord is in my life, now that Jesus is in my life, i got a whole different perspective on things. You, you can be the one that can sow the seeds that changes somebody's eternity. How many people will make a commitment to pray for divine appointments, to be able to share the love and the joy and the peace? About half of us. I really appreciate your commitment there, folks. Thank you. So, right. Man, I'm serious. If each and every one of us, what would happen if during this holiday season, each and every one of us had the opportunity to share the love of God with just one person? Man, it could change eternity, couldn't it? It really could. And the final thing I just want to say, you've heard it over the last couple of weeks. Pastor Roger, Pastor Chris did a good job of, of talking about this, but, but pray in faith. Okay, when as we pray and as there are other things that God puts on your heart to pray, pray in faith, believe that authority that Jesus gives us. So start with praying with a humble and a thankful heart. Start with just expressing how good it is to be God's child and to be a son or a daughter of Almighty God. And So give Him thanks and, and pray and humble ourselves before the Lord. And can I tell you that as we humble ourselves before God, the Scripture says that then He is the one who lifts us up he gives us places and positions of, of renown and positions of authority. And so I want to encourage us to pray in faith. And then secondly, pray with an expectation and an understanding that when you pray, you are heard. I was reading it this morning in 1 John where it says, We have this confidence that if we ask anything according to the will of God, that He will hear us. And when He hears us, what does He do? He grants the thing that we ask of Him. He grants our petition. I'm just telling you, this is a season that throughout the years, the, the very first Christmas was filled with the miraculous. It was filled with signs and wonders and manifestations that had never been seen before. A virgin giving birth. Can I tell you, God is no, uh, he's not more limited now than he was then. God is still able to do the miraculous. God is still able to do the thing that's beyond any human ability. God's still able to hear from heaven and answer right here on earth. Amen? So I encourage you, finally, to pray with authority and pray in agreement with the Word of God and with the heart of God. Let's pray for souls to be saved. Let's pray for lives to be changed. Let's pray for reconciliation in homes. Let's pray for reconciliation among the poor and the rich. Let's pray for reconciliation among the races. Let's pray for peace, not only in Israel, but in America, on our borders, in every home and in every part of our land. Let's pray that God will manifest His presence on earth as He did so many years ago. Amen? How many people believe God's got a plan for us in this season? I certainly do as well.